As entrepreneurs, we have to lead and inspire teams. I have a remarkable individual today who's joining us, who's been doing that for 20 years. And he's done it not only in his own entrepreneurial ventures, but he's done it helping his fellow entrepreneurs, you and I, uh, one of the largest uh, coaching organizations out there. And he's always struggled with whether he's a personal growth or a business growth. And he's gonna share with you how you can have both and really accelerate your success. And one of the most important things, he's an accountability geek. So all of us know that we wanna make a huge, that Steve Jobs den in the universe. Well, today, I've got an individual who's gonna show you exactly how to do it. I'm John Bowen, we're at AES Nation, all about accelerating your success. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Jonathan, I am so excited to have you here. It's, uh, you know, we, we've kind of crossed paths along the way before we turned on the recorder. We were talking about that. And you and I are both passionate about business and you've been making a big difference. So thank you for joining me and thank you for all the difference you've been making. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. It's a joy. Yeah, Jonathan, one of the things I love doing is, you know, I want to dive into the life lessons. I mean, when you've been leading teams as well as those teams, then leading and helping coach top entrepreneurs, there's no question that you've got a lot of lessons learned. We got some really uh, super takeaways for everybody here, but give me a little bit of background. You know, everybody always wants to know, you know, I mean, real world, why should I listen to you? I mean, how did you get all this life experience? Sure. Uh, well, it didn't happen in law school. Uh, that was for sure. Yeah. But I, uh, <laughs> I started out as a, I went to law school because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life uh, back in the early early 90s, and uh, and then I embarked on this kind of weird business development journey, uh, where I was working in technology companies and I had started a wind energy company at some point and you know and then I studied to be a yoga teacher and then I thought that's what I wanted to do with my life and um, you know kind of going back and forth worked for a wireless startup worked for a you know a, a shopping cart platform an e-commerce company, and I was. I was kind of doing the same thing everywhere I went, which was I was leading a team. Sometimes it was a small team. Sometimes it was a large team or multiple teams in a department. And uh, I was kind of doing that. And then the whole time over that 20 years, I would say kind of moonlighting and, you know, spending my nights and weekends doing personal growth workshops and, you know, trying to figure out uh, who the heck I was and what I was doing on planet Earth. And uh, and I spent I would say my my. Um, what I, what I can bank on is I spent 20 years splitting those two worlds apart and trying to do business guy by day and personal growth guy by night uh, until I finally realized the futility of that effort and uh, decided to bring them both together. Nah, that's great. And, and I mean, you've had a, a tremendous amount of experience, Jonathan, as you've done this. And, you know, one of the things 
we, as entrepreneurs, all of us, uh, business owners, you know, struggle with these things. I mean, you know, personal growth. I mean, uh, you know, everybody talks about balance. You know, how do I grow a really successful business and have a good life? And, you know, and unfortunately, so many people really uh, struggle with that. And one of the things uh, that you're known for is, you know, how people should take down the wall between the two of those. I mean, mm -hmm. t tell me what that means. Yeah, you bet. I, you know, I think it's a... If you think about our culture overall, if you think about kind of the world of personal growth and then the world of coaching, consulting, leadership training, I would say that the world of personal growth is way out ahead of the game compared to where the business conversation has gone over the last 50 years. And I think the business conversation is catching up. You hear a lot of people talking about things in a new way. But the wall that, that we, we all learned, you know, whether that was you know, in our first job and we were in high school or you know, if you went to grad school and ended, or business school, whatever it was, or just mm -hmm. started your own business, we, we internalized really deep messages around how you're supposed to be as a leader, how you're supposed to be as a manager, how you're supposed to talk to your employees, how you're supposed to you know, have consequences for things. And all of that conditioning, what I found in myself is that all of those things got in the way of me being myself. And of course, you know, world's worst advice, go be yourself, right? Like yeah. which, which version <laughs> yeah. of me do you, am I supposed to be? But I think the first order of business is to pull back the conditioning, all of the ways we've learned, down to the ways we've learned to talk, down to the, the, the baggage that we carry around, what does it mean to be an authority relative to, to hold somebody else's paycheck in your hands? How many people, how many leaders think about the implications? What does that mean in our you know, paycheck to paycheck economy by and large? Not always the case for business owners. Sometimes it's way worse. Uh, but what is, that, what, is the, what is the reality of that? How does that impact your conversation with another person when you have the, the power to take away sushi dinner on Saturday night away? Jonathan, let me just interrupt for a second because I think it's, I, I love this and I think this is so important because, you know, many of us who consider ourselves now entrepreneurs and business owners, we're kind of accidental CEOs. I mean, you know, I, I didn't, I, I did get a, you know, I've got them all kinds of, you know, the economic undergraduate, the, the MBA, uh, I got a, a master's in financial services and so on, but I never really wanted to be a CEO. Right. And it's just the business took off along the way. And I'll tell you, I personally struggled with this. I didn't know, you know, I had some early success in my 20s. I, I didn't know whether I was, you know, I'm supposed to be this hard ass, I'll use a technical term, a hard ass guy, whether I'm supposed to be collaborative, you know, depending on what movie or book you read that day. <laughs> Um, and, and this is one of the challenges. And I, and I think this is something as we evolved, I mean, I, I was a lot smarter in my 20s than I am now at 60. And, you know, we you know, have life experiences along the way that makes us a little bit of humble. But, you know, as entrepreneurs, how do we deal with this? Because, you know, this is hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And I think, you know, to a couple of things that you said, you know, really struck me in the sense that you know, a lot of times when I talk with CEOs, I, I found myself in the accidental CEO role uh, at Emith in some ways. And what I found is true in, in just about every manager and, and CEO that I, that I meet, when we really get down to it, if we can really kind of, you know, the tones get a little quieter and we have a real conversation, they say, Jonathan, I'm like, I don't really want to manage people. I, I, I like my ideas. I want to make money. I want to have a six. I don't really, I don't really want to manage. I don't know how to do it. And then that speaks to the other thing you said, which I found myself doing is I found myself what I what I say flip flopping between being too tough, being the hard ass, 
or being too nice. And the, the takeaway for me in this is when you do accountability well, that solves the flip-flop. So when you have a consistent standard for how you expect people to show up with their, in relationship to their work, not the technical work, but how you expect them to show up, how you expect them to communicate, how you expect them to work with each other, how you expect them to name their mistakes, to embrace challenges, all those kinds of things. When you set that standard and then you learn, which you have to learn, I didn't know how to do this, nobody knows how to do this, is how do you slowly but surely turn the heat up on an, underperform, an underperforming employee and show them, hey, guess what? Here's, here's what I see. Here's what I think you're missing. And can we, get, can we get on the same page about that? And then here's what needs to change. And then holding them accountable for changing it. And that to me is the, it sounds simple in a way, but that's the lesson that I learned over the last really five to seven years in particular is how do you actually do that? That there's a method to doing accountability well. And that's what I work with my clients a lot on. And I want to go to the past career just for a second, because you used to be CEO, you mentioned, of uh, E-Myth. And mm -hmm. uh, E-Myth is certainly, uh, if not the, the largest, it's what, I mean, it's such more, probably more business owners than almost anyone out there, the combination of the book series and the coaching programs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of conversations going on. So, you know, you and I are talking about our own challenges. I mean, you know, boy, uh, Jonathan, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, I remember coming up when it was in uh, Northern California and just mm -hmm. seeing all the phone calls and conversations going and I'm going, yeah. I wouldn't want to talk to that many of people like me <laughs> that going through these challenges. How, 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 what were some of the, you know, breaking down, I'm going to stay on the wall again, because, you know, this personal and professional, it, it is a struggle. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, how we want to show up to yeah. the world, to our team, to our families, and so on. And, and you know, you said, right, I mean, I, I'm going to be me. Well, you know, what version of me? Because, you right. know. But how, you know, I'm thinking that scaled issue, that's a real challenge. It is, I think it starts with, and this was the, you know, Emeth is a great company, great brand, and I you know, relished my time when I was there. And you know, when I, the decision to break off and do my own thing was really sourced in a desire to, to focus on one part of the conversation. And rather than focus on systems as a whole and, and the overall process of building a business, it, what really spoke to me, what drove me, was this one conversation to be able to have, which I started doing, to have somebody come into my office, a new hire, and say, hey, here's the deal. Here's, here's what it's going to be like to work for me. I'm really interested in excellent work, and you've got to be great at what you do. But it's more than that for me. I, what I want to create on my team, on my teams, is I want to create a place where people become better at being themselves. Mm -hmm. So before you say yes to this job offer, I wanna talk about what that looks like because to me, there's no difference between who you are is who you are. Now, are there different, is there different content at work? You bet. But what I've learned in my life is that when I get better at my relationship with my peers at work, I have more, I have more intimacy with my wife at home. When I get better at owning my mistakes with the people on my team, I get better at having, you know, being part of my community and being a more, you know, collaborative, productive member of society. And so there's no difference between those two things. And that's what this place is about for me. Do you want this place to be about that for you? Great, let's shake hands and let's work together. And then 
once we have that agreement, all kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful having that kind of conversation. Because, I mean, you know, I, I always look at the I'm in business, not for more business. I'm in business to support a great quality of life, you know, for myself, enlightened self-interest in my family, but also for my teammates, my strategic partners, my clients, and everyone around. And if we're all trying to be, you know, somebody we're not, there, there's no doubt that it's not going to come together. But, okay, so we build these now. We, we get the right people, you know, the team. We're working together. We show up as who we are. We're having great conversations. You know, this is where that challenge of being the accidental CEO, we're, we're working collaboratively, but, you know, all of a sudden, sometimes things aren't working. And, you know, how do we kind of, you call it rethink accountability? How do we yeah. make that work? I think that there, there's a couple of steps in it. I think what I see leaders do is they, tr they go to one side, there's, there's either two poles. I see leaders either blame it all on the team, I can't find good people, or, which is actually more common I'm finding these days, they blame, all, they blame it on themselves. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's my fault, I know I'm not a good leader, I, you know, all that. And to me, it's both. Accountability is both. Accountability is like, okay, how did I contribute to this scenario? And even if I didn't communicate it clearly, where were you? What, why didn't you ask a question? Why didn't you raise a red flag and be like, hey, Jonathan, I, I'm not sure that we're, I think there's a better way to do this. And that personal responsibility is both. It's not just the CEO's job. And I think our industry, and I was a part of that, you know, I think we've, we've done a, a disservice of putting it all on the CEO and it's and it's all on the leader and what they're doing wrong and what they're missing and how they need to grow. It's a, it's if it's collaborative then it's collaborative meaning everybody. And so accountability is how does how is each person on the team no matter where you are in the org chart how are you responsible for the culture change project? Yeah, what are you doing? I mean, and this is to me this is so important, Jonathan, because I think it had. I know in my earlier days it was it was a team's fault. It was just clear because yeah. yeah, I was real talented. Uh, I think you know that you could see that ebb and flow where you know, were much more collaborative, and you know the CEO takes a sword if there's anything wrong, and and you know it is the only way we can have true success you know, in our business and our personal life is everybody's got to be responsible for their part of the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how, how do you do that, though, Jonathan? Because, yeah. I mean, you know, and maybe take both subjects. I mean, having, you know, the CEO be accountable, but also team members holding them accountable in a way that's collaborative, that we're growing together, we're getting things done. Yeah, I think you, you said the words, you said the magic words uh, a couple minutes ago, which is enlightened self-interest. And the, the key to all of this is when you're mentoring, what, you know, the CEO is, or the business owner, what have you, that's a certain version of self-interest. That's the most obvious, right, in terms of the monetary gain, maybe notoriety, whatever the thing is. I love to have my whole team working really hard to make a difference for the clients, but creating great wealth for them, but also for me, too. I mean, yeah. how could you not like that? Of course, absolutely. Here's the, here's the pivot that I think we're at. This is the cultural moment that, I, that I'm really excited about, is how do you use your job? Let's say you're not the business owner, you're a senior VP or you're a frontline customer service rep, whatever it is. How do you use your job to get better at your life? How do you make your life bigger than your work? So that even if you have a boss that maybe that's not somebody you wanna work for for the rest of your life. Maybe you think, ah, you know, personality styles, we don't quite match. What can you learn from this person? How do you unlock your enlightened self-interest? So for example, 
around you know this this you know one of these ideas that I work with all managers. I've never met somebody who this is not true about. Is that anybody who's managing anywhere has an inner superhero? They're working too hard. They're picking up the slack for people. They're they're managing around problematic behavior instead of confronting it on. That's the universal phenomenon. What if you didn't? How would your life get better if you didn't go through your day that way? If you weren't working so hard, if you weren't doing other people's work, and if you weren't, you know, managing around all the problematic personalities, but well, instead confronting. Them I want to just stop and pause and have everyone, you know, each of us individually think about that for a moment, because, you know, hopefully you don't have anybody now, but almost all of us do. And this is something, Jonathan, that I think is so important because you know, when you start working around someone, um, you're doing them a disservice and you're doing yourself a disservice and the rest of the team too. Because what I've found is when I, I call it releasing for new opportunities, when I let, you know, I give them a chance, obviously, you know, give them the feedback of what we're not missing, you know, where we're missing, how it's not connecting, usually a 90 day process, but do it very professionally. But if, you know, we're going to release them and I'll even help them find a new position where they'll be great at, yeah. uh, you know, with someone else. And it, because they're not aligned, what I find so often, you know, most of the people leave during that 90 day period because they know they're not right for it yep. and they get a better position and we're able to have clarity and bring someone in. So, I mean, this is, you know, the accountability, if they're not the right people on the, the bus, you know, using yep. Jim Collins thing, um, you know, deal with it because otherwise the quality of life goes downhill for not only for you, not only for your team, but for them too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the key. You know, we talk about like the four corners of impacts. Like if you, if you pick any problematic behavior and I would say like, if you go home and you're, and you're complaining to your wife or your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, or your friend, if you're complaining about somebody, that means you're managing around them. That means you're expending energy dealing with the problematic behavior. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not casting the stone, right? Like I, I did this, right? And so it's giving yourself like, oh, wow, I'm spending a lot of mental real estate dealing with this person. How, how am I confronted differently? But if you think about, if you just take in your mental file and you go on your team, whether you have one person or 10, there's, if somebody's not doing well, there's four kinds of impacts that they're having negatively. One, they're having a negative impact on their teammates, right? Mm -hmm. Two, they're having a negative impact on the customer. Three, they're having a negative impact on you as their boss. And four, they're having a negative impact on themselves. And it's, they're not hard to find, you, but your job as a manager, we're changing that agreement to say, your job is to show people how the way they're showing up is having these four impacts. And when you do, the light bulb will go off. I promise you, nine times out of 10, they will go, holy cow, I never saw how what I was doing was that, that I was having all these impacts. I want, how do I change this? I want your help. And then one time out of 10, you'll have to let that person go because they, they don't want to change. They don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to look in the mirror. But 90% of the time in my experience, people will go, holy cow, thank you so much. For, I never saw it that way. I never saw how the way I was showing mm -hmm. up at work was, that's exactly what my ex was telling me. And that's why my relationship ended or what happened. Yeah, no, and that's how I see that over and over again, Jonathan, that, you know, that happens and, you know, getting and focusing in on, you know, holding accountability. What are the issues making them transparent? It's just so powerful. But, 
you know, you talked about superheroes and many of us as uh, CEO business owners think of ourselves, I've pulled the cape up a bit here, uh, as superheroes. And one of the things you talk about in your, your coaching is, you know, being more Yoda versus uh, Superman, more Yoda, less Superman. Uh, yeah, how, how does that help me as an entrepreneur? I, I, Yoda doesn't have the cape. Yeah, it's true. He, and he doesn't have much of a self-image about <laughs> yeah. uh, being the superhero. As a, as a uh, superhero in recovery myself, I, I can relate. And I think that's the, the um, it's sort of this, um, it's this place that we get ourselves into a lot of trouble where without realizing it, which is that, you know, as a, as a business leader, however you got there, whether you got there by accident or whatever the, you bought a business, whatever the, whatever, however you got in that position, you, you're, you have a powerful will, right? You, you know how to get things done. You know how to work situations to get, the, to get a certain kind of result. But at some point, that capacity becomes the thing that's holding you back. Because it, that's, it's really hard to be around somebody like that. That's one of the things that I learned about myself was that that strength to be able to move the ball forward, that's a great strength. But it's also, it also can be really hard to work for me if I'm not on top of that strength. Well, how do I, if I'm working for Jonathan, how do I find my own creative edge? How do I push my own boundaries? If he's always so, okay, guys, let's go, let's go, let's go. How do I find my own voice in the, in the conversation? How do I find my own part in this brand? And that's what I think a lot of leaders, we do that without realizing that we're doing that, is that by that superhero mentality, well, there's a problem, I'll fix it. And the, and the answer is, whoa, whoa, there's a problem. How are you gonna fix that, right? And, and asking them and inviting and evoking that enlightened self-interest. Why, why, and if it doesn't evoke their self-interest, well, then you have a person who doesn't belong on the bus. Uh, but being willing to take that step back in the moment, resist the impulse to throw the cape on, get in the phone booth and, and get out there and fix it and just be like, mm, I'm not gonna fix this one. What are you guys gonna do? Well, and I think there's a, the reality that hits us as we get a little bit more experience on the business side that, you know, if we put on that cape every single time, it's going to be wearing. And if, you know, we're going to have a long career, we're going to be, you know, maybe you're going to take this business and you're going to build it for the rest of your professional career, or maybe you're going to be a serial entrepreneur strapping on that cape for the next 20 years, every single day. Uh, I think even Superman's going to be tired and, and, and it yeah. doesn't serve well. And that's, that's, you know, that's where, boy, this, I, and I didn't do this early, but I did it a little bit later in business that letting other people run with it, um, it, it actually turns out better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're smarter than we are. And I would say, you know, the one thing I want to say about that is we, you know, we, people talk about training. I've got to do better training. Think about it this way. Every time you put on the cape without thinking about it, you're training your team. You're training them that, oh, John's going to put on the cape. Right. So I don't have to own it for myself. I don't have to take the risk because thank goodness he's going to swoop in at the end of the day and save me. And so that's the 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 training is already happening. I love, you know, one of my, my business partner, Joseph, you know, when people talk about systems and things like that, he's like, your business is already totally systematized. Your systems suck, but yeah. you're, you already have a system for how many sales you get every month and the messages that you put out there. It's not about systems or no systems or mentoring or no mentoring or training or no training. It's what kind and which are the ones that serve you and which are the ones that are gonna help you get to the life you want. I think the thing I find over and over again is, 
you know, if you, it's kind of the, this whole concept of, you know, when we're first time business owners, we're a little bit ignorant. So we look at it simple and we end up as we get going, we make it, you know, so complicated. And then, you know, as we, we really start doing, you know, taking the actions that you're, you're really sharing with us that are so valuable, Jonathan, we go on the right side of complexity and make it simple again. And, you know, business can be simple and elegant when we get the right team, they're involved, they're accountable, they're mm -hmm. working collaboratively, they're advancing it. I mean, it, it can be just it really, I, I think of it as magical, mm -hmm. but, you know, it is. What, 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 where I'm going with this, so I'm going, oh, you know, I've been at times where people talk about these kind of things and I'm listening to it on a podcast or, a, you know, an internet thing. And, and I'm going, boy, there's so much change I got to do. And one of the things I love, Jonathan, is this concept of real change starts with small steps. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how can we, for some of the entrepreneurs that are listening to this, you know, uh, I know there were times in my career where I would listen to this and I go, okay, this sounds great. It's nice, but I got to get, you know, ship it today, or I got to yeah. do this today, or uh, I'll put it on the cape one more time. Yeah. How do we really make real change happen? The, the, the thing, and that was, this was, if, if there was one lesson that took me the longest to learn was to break it down into small steps. It's like, it's no different than losing weight, right? It's like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. You don't lose 10 pounds in a day, right? You lose 10 pounds in having, you know, in sharing the steak instead of eating the whole thing. And then, you know, next week having, you know, two steaks instead of five, whatever the, whatever your chosen, uh, uh, you know, form of, of having too much is. And the same thing applies in the business context, which is, and to not make the mistake of like, don't go into the office after listening to this, but okay, everybody, we're gonna change the culture. We're gonna do, it's all about accountability now. That's gonna fail, right? Don't talk about, it's like Fight Club, that famous movie, the first rule of Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club. First rule of culture change, don't talk about culture change. Just start having different conversations with people. Just be the only one, just, you know, pull somebody aside and, and, and you know, we have this tool we call the accountability dial which is this, it's a five-step process for starting an accountability conversation small and early, and then slowly working up to a, a more intense conversation. Note it, just notice, hey, you know, I noticed there was a couple of typos in that, uh, in that press release that, that went across. Did you notice that? Hey, I noticed you, were, you came in late a couple of days this week. Is there something going on? Hey, I noticed uh, in that meeting, I, it sounded like, it felt like you had something that you wanted to say, but you kind of held back. Um, I was wondering, you know, what, what's going on there? That's how you start small and you let people know you're watching, you're listening, you care. You don't have the answers. You don't need to know the answers. You just start asking the questions. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to go back to your first. I mean, this is so good, Jonathan. I'm going to go back to the very first part. You said that, you know, you listen to this or you go to a workshop and you, uh, you bring it back to the team and we're going to change. And I, I used to do that all the time. Yeah, and, and what happened was my team, you know, if I went for a two day workshop or something like that, they would just know to hide for the week because <laughs> after five days I wouldn't try to do it. And, and one of the two things, one, you know, breaking it down to small pieces, exactly. And I got rid of the word change and focused on improving because mm -hmm. people want to improve. We all want to grow. I don't really want somebody to change me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, and, and that, that uh, once I started doing that, they didn't hide quite as much. And, uh, you know, we made a huge progress on a number of the businesses I had. Mm. 
Yeah, you know, I, one of the things that I write about in the book is that, you know, nobody wants change, right? We want the results of change, right? But change sucks. Change isn't fun, you know, looking at finding your blind spot and all that. And so, you know, breaking it down and showing people how they can improve and especially how they can improve professionally and personally at the same time. I think that's how you get buy-in that that's, it's, it's really, uh, as you said before, it's a magical thing. When you, when you can tap into, not from a place of manipulation, not from a place of, you know, who moved my cheese, but from a place of like, you know, how, what, is this, what is this person about? What are their hopes and dreams? Who are they? Where do they? And it doesn't take nearly as much time as we think it does. And it doesn't take nearly as much time as all the managing around that we, that we mostly do. I mean, I always like the concept of leading versus managing because, you know, in today's world, so, so much of our team can be self-managed. Uh, mm. And I have virtual businesses. You know, if I turn the camera around, I'm at global headquarters, my pool house. But I have a pretty sizable businesses. And uh, my last business, I had 400 employees. And, you know, we we're all, most all in one location. And it's, you know, it, it, I, I just find that today's world, it, the world has changed. And if you can find the right people and really let them run, but you got to inspire them. You got to create that vision as you've done, you know, all the action items. Now, one of the things you mentioned just, uh, it goes into the next segment. And that's uh, the segment I always like to do is uh, the book of the day. And mm -hmm. I'm going to put up on the screen your website with good authority. And, uh, uh, how to become the leader your team is waiting for. And I, I can just think of an awful lot of team members that are going, you know, you should really download this book. I mean, yeah, buy this book for your boss. Uh, yeah, no, well, actually, I don't know how you can do it. You got to be careful uh, how you do it. But, you know, they, they're definitely thinking that maybe that's what you should do. But, um, you know, tell us a little bit about what motivated you to write the book and what's in the book and how it would serve our fellow business owners. You bet. The, the concept of good authority came from my own, a lot of some of the things we've talked about is seeing how in leading and managing my teams, I, I, how I was doing it this old way, right? How I was pushing myself and, and being that superhero and, and thinking that I knew the answer and, and leading with you know, visions and brands and KPIs and all kinds of metrics and all, and realizing, hey, none of that stuff actually works in the end. That's all good information, but my team needed something else from me. They needed me to listen. You know, they needed to have a new conversation about their own growth and where they wanted to go in their life. And I thought that I was in that conversation with them and I wasn't. And so the book really comes out of some of my own experiences and then a lot of my client experiences now at ReFound of how people are changing their relationship to being the authority. So rather than, you know, it's not, not too tough, not the old school kind of autocrat and not the new age, we're all on the same team, can't we all just get along? You're still the boss, right? You're still the, you're still the owner or the manager of a team, whatever it is. How do you occupy that middle ground? And it's really about uh, it's a lot of personal stories and a lot of people looking at you know how they were thinking about authority before and how we 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 tend to a lot of the people who gravitate to to the to my message and our brand and probably yours as well are people who want to have a real positive impact on the world. And I think we can we can get our feet stuck there thinking, well, I've got to do something big. You know, I've got to have a huge impact in order to, quote unquote, change the world. And, and what I found, because I was one of those guys, what I found was that the way that I could change the world was by changing the lives of the people who worked for me. And that could be one person in a month. That could be one person helping that person discover a new sense of their value. 
a new sense of themselves, a new way to, to communicate and, and name their emotions so they didn't have to act out. And that became, it became the most rewarding work I've ever done. And so that's why I decided to make a business out of it and, and write a book so that other people could do the same. And Jonathan, I commend you for it because it's such an important part as we've talked about. Let me put it up on the screen again. This is, uh, well, let me put it in the right, uh, good authority, how to become the leader your team is waiting for. And, and we'll have the, on the AESNation.com, the transcript. I mean, there's been so much value here. Uh, the uh, link for the uh, book as well. Jonathan, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how best do they reach out to you? Uh, the best thing to do, you can send an email to hello at refound.com uh, and just come to our website at refound.com. We've got a three video series kind of taking the next step on this conversation of how, do you, how to rethink the accountability conversation. So it's just an email on the homepage and you'll get those three videos in your inbox. And I have watched all three of those uh, uh, videos and they are very good. And these are so important things. I, I wanna summarize this uh, you know, in the last segment here on key takeaways. And you know, th there are four that we really focused on. You know, taking down the wall between personal and business, professional. And, and it's, it's, this is something we all struggle with. And you know, we are who we are. Jonathan gave some great ideas. Again, go to transcript, get the book, watch the videos, because there is an opportunity for us to the extent that we can be better leaders and inspire our team, work collaboratively, and really get out of their way, mm. uh, we can create that magic. So that's number one. Number two is rethink uh, accountability. It is not the, uh, I was a pilot in the Navy, it's not the chain of command, it's not the authoritarian, uh, but it's not, you know, I'm in, I'm in Silicon Valley and sometimes uh, it's a little fuzzy out here in uh, Northern California and, and actually you're up a little further north and it's even fuzzier there. And, but it, you know, people want to be accountable. They want to have that sense of direction. So you know, provide that feedback loop and make sure they're right for your team. And if not, you know, let, help them get that next opportunity. Uh, more Yoda, less uh, Superman. You know, hopefully most of you have seen the Star Wars stuff along the way. I know billions of you have. So, uh, but I think that's a great example. Um, you know, we we're in business for a greater quality of life. We don't need to be Superman, Superwomen. What we do need to be is really thoughtful. And uh, Yoda, no question about that. And then. Uh, it's easy as uh, entrepreneurs slash business owners to get overwhelmed. And I, and I really like, Jonathan, that you know, taking small steps, breaking it down to small steps, not trying to be all things to everyone. Mm. Jonathan, this has been great. Um, again, everybody, you can go to the uh, AES Nation uh, above my head here .com, and it's got the show notes. It's got everything you need. The key is your clients, your future clients, and all your teammates, they're counting on you to be that good authority. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.